Hi, everyone. Welcome to Education for Sustainable Democracy. My name is Brett Levy, and I'm a researcher of civic and environmental education. It's great to have you back for another episode. The recent attacks and the ongoing conflict in Israel and Gaza have been upsetting to so many of us and to so many young people. How should educators respond and how should they help their students make sense of these events? On this show, I speak with Lorraine Langreo, a staff writer at Education Week who has written two recent articles on these questions. Please stay tuned to hear about the articles, the resources that she recommends, and what she's learned about how teachers and administrators are addressing the conflict and its fallout in schools. If you're new to this show, welcome, and please be sure to subscribe. This show was just included on Feedspot's list of the top 100 classroom podcasts. So thank you for all your support, and please keep spreading the word. To find other episodes and more information about the show, please visit esdpodcast.org. Also, in the show notes, you can find links to my open access articles, to the show's Facebook page and YouTube channel, and to resources related to this show's topic, including Lorraine's recent articles. Thank you so much for your support. Now here's my conversation with Lorraine Langreo from Education Week. Lorraine, thank you so much for coming on to the show. Thanks for having me. So today I'd like to focus our conversation on the resources you recommended to readers of Ed Week for teaching about the Israel-Hamas war. But first, I'd like to zoom out a little bit and hear about you, your work at Ed Week, and how this article came about. So could you first tell us overall what your role is at Ed Week? Yeah, so uh, I'm a staff writer at Education Week. Um, I cover ed- education technology, student wellness, future of work, and learning environments. Mm. So how did you end up in that role having these areas of focus at Ed Week? So I was an intern at EdWeek, um, covering EdTech as well. Um, and then when there was a full-time position that opened up, I jumped right into it. I really liked writing about EdTech and student wellness. Um, I think there's always something interesting happening in the tech space. So uh, when there was an opening for a tech role at EdWeek, I knew I wanted to, to do that. So this article got a lot of attention because it's on a super important current event. So when current events emerge around the world, there are a lot of teachers who are scrambling to find resources to teach about them. Is that something that you typically find yourself doing, trying to find resources for educators to use, or was this unusual? No, so this wasn't unusual. I think we at EdWeek usually try to make sure that our coverage is useful to the audience that we serve, which is our educators. Um, For example, when the um, war in Ukraine happened, uh, we also set out to write articles that would be um, useful to educators, kind of similar to what I wrote for the Israel-Hamas war. Um, We wrote articles about how teachers can discuss the war with their students, um, how they can help students understand what's happening there. So this is kind of something that we just really like to do. We want to be 
able to help educators with practical articles that'll help them. Mm -hmm. In the view of the editors, how often does a current event rise to the level of requiring someone on the staff to find resources that will help educators teach about it? That's a really good question. So I've only been at Ed Week for a little more than a year now. And I think so far we've had, um, again, the war uh, in Ukraine and then this one um, where we have gathered resources to help educators teach about hard topics. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then in terms of other things, I mean, other things come up uh, every now and then. That's not, you know, at the level of war. Uh, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But we always try to keep a pulse on what's happening um, and figure out if that's something that is relevant to K-12 educators. And then if it is, um, and usually it is, uh, we also try to kind of get in there and figure out a way to help educators kind of grasp that uh, and teach about it if they need to. I think it's really great that Ed Week does this because educators are at home watching the news, often thinking, how am I going to help my students learn about this? So it's really great that you provide articles like this. On a super sensitive topic like this, and in the wake of the October 7th attack by Hamas, what was your approach to identifying resources that teachers could use in the classroom that you thought would really help them address the various dimensions of it, including the emotional side and the content side? Yeah. So for me, what I was thinking about was, one, I think probably educators needed resources that will help them talk about the context behind the conflict uh, in a way that would be kid-friendly or appropriate to whatever level they were teaching. Um, So I was looking for resources, credible resources, that would help with that part of the conversation. Um, So that was one area. And then another area that I wanted to touch on in the article was just more generally, how can teachers talk about news that is difficult for um, students to talk about, probably, right? Like this one when it's controversial or if it's just there's a lot of violence in the news, how can teachers more generally teach about those things? So I was looking for those resources as well. And then I know one thing that we've always or we've started to really think about is misinformation when it comes to breaking news events like this. So I was also looking for resources that would help with that. And I think that's what I wanted to get at in in this list of resources. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to read through some of these. Making a difference in the midst of the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. That was a lesson plan Uh, by wide angle, fears of bigger war grow. So some of these things are very content oriented. Mm -hmm. Uh, What is US policy on the Israeli-Palestinian conflict? Um, And then you get into things that are more pedagogical. How do I talk to my kids about violence in the news? And that could be for parents or for educators, I think. Is that Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And um, handle with care, supporting young people during crises fostering civil discourse. This is a really interesting and mixed 
uh, set of resources. I'm going uh, for all the listeners out there. I'm providing a link to this article. You have to scroll all the way down to the bottom to find this list of resources, but then you can click on them and get to all of them. And each of these resources has links within it and guidance within it that can be really helpful to you. I'm wondering if when you put this list together, you were thinking about different angles that you needed to address. The content angle, the emotion angle, the classroom management angle. How are you thinking about the list that you needed to put together? Obviously, you couldn't list 50 resources Mm -hmm. and you needed to know that they were all going to be good and that Edweek would stand behind them. But um, beyond that, how are you thinking about you know, what teachers might need? Yeah, so I was really thinking about this as not an exhaustive list, like you said, um, but hopefully something that will help teachers, kind of like a jumping off point for teachers to kind of give them an idea of ways that they could talk about the war with their students. So yeah, I was thinking about content-wise in terms of background knowledge, history about the conflict. I wanted to kind of give some examples of resources that they can use for that. There are a lot of resources out there that will have lesson plans for teachers uh, about this conflict, but I wanted to highlight some that I knew were credible, and I knew that educators already had background knowledge on some of these resources that I Use. So, for example, they probably already use PBS at some point in their teaching, Common Sense Media, and other sources that I listed here. I figured educators were already kind of familiar with those sources, and I knew that they were credible, so I was fine with adding that. And then, actually, what triggered this was that after the October 7th attack, I saw educators, you know, district leaders, school leaders, making statements on social media about like what they were doing to help their students understand this. And a lot of it also had to do with um, the emotional aspect of it. So I thought, okay, so we also need to cover that in this because it is hard to talk about this. um, And sometimes teachers don't know where to begin with that. So that's kind of the the thinking behind some of the resources that I listed. Could you talk about some of the resources here that you consider most valuable? Yeah. So I would say I think it's valuable to read through um, some of the more po- pedagogical articles that's more general about like how to foster civil discourse in your classroom. I think that's really important because it's not just for this conflict that's happening right now. It's going to be for any other conflict that arises throughout your time as an educator. It's really important to always foster that environment in your classroom so that anytime something like this happens, whether it's somewhere in another part of the world or here in the U.S., then it's easier for you as an educator to start a conversation with your students about it, uh, knowing that you've already set up that background or that foundation beforehand. And then I also really like the lesson plans from PBS. I think that's really helpful for educators to kind of have something 
to use already and not have to think about how they can make their own lesson plan, um, especially when things like this kind of just happen out of nowhere and you didn't plan for it. So now you're like, okay, how do I talk about this? Where now there are resources where you can just kind of take it and go. So this article came out in early October. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm wondering if there are other resources that you would add to this now, or if there are ways that you would use these resources any differently now. Um, I haven't looked into um, newer resources uh, about the war, but I did write another article that published um, maybe a week or so ago um, that kind of goes over how teachers are actually teaching about the war in their classrooms or even in their schools. So that's an article where I, I talk to a handful of educators about what they're doing in their classrooms. And I think that would be helpful for other educators out there to kind of see the different ways that uh, educators are responding to to the Israel-Hamas war or whenever those kinds of conversations are coming up in their classroom. So in your more recent article, what have you learned about how educators are actually teaching about the Israel-Hamas war? A lot of them are teaching about it through setting aside time in their class to talk about the current events. Um, so that's one way. So there's there are teachers out there who always set aside time for current events um, during their social studies classes. So they use that time to talk about the updates, uh, what's happening right now in Israel and Gaza, and kind of use that as a jumping off point to talking about the context behind the conflict. There was a school, I think, in Louisiana that did a discussion, an after-school discussion, where students can come and ask questions about the war or the conflict behind the war. And there were social studies teachers in the room to answer the questions. You know, a teacher who was there said that was really helpful to the students to have that safe space to learn more about a war that mm -hmm. maybe they had personal ties to, or even if just they don't have personal ties, it's just, you know, something that is such a big deal right now. They probably hear about it on social media all the time. So it was good to have that space to learn more about the actual facts. Yeah. So some teachers are using their current events time to give background information on the war and to give students an opportunity to ask questions and learn more about it. Other mm -hmm. teachers are creating after-school spaces. Have teachers told you about any challenges that they're having in teaching about the war? or their hesitance themselves to teach about it? Yeah, so there were some teachers that I reached out to and they were like, they were hesitant to talk to me because they said they weren't really talking about it or they didn't want to. They were just kind of worried about how it would look. Um, so there's definitely that. But in terms of educators who were actually teaching about it, they said one of the major challenges for them is walking through with students when it 
there's misinformation happening. So a lot of their students Mm -hmm. are on social media. And when it comes to breaking news stuff like this, it's so much easier now to get access to so much information that may or may not be credible. So sometimes Mm -hmm. their students will come to them and be like, hey, I saw this on social media. Is it true? And of course, teachers don't always know. Um, It's always hard to kind of um, fact check in real time. So that's one of the challenges that I've heard from educators. I think another one is just the fact that it is very emotional for some students who are Mm -hmm. maybe connected one way or the other. So providing that environment where all students can feel safe to ask questions or say their piece was really important for um, the educators that I talked to. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So one way that they addressed students' emotions was giving everybody a chance to express their emotions. Mm-hmm. And how are teachers addressing the misinformation that students are bringing into the classroom? One teacher that I talked to said that he just kind of will in real time analyze the source together. So for example, he let his students bring in screenshots from social media that they were like, hey, is this true? So they would just bring it to class and then it becomes a classroom group project where they Mm -hmm. figure out whether it is actually true. They look for other sources that say the same thing or different things um, and try to piece together Uh, whether that information is true or false. Great. Yeah. So they're using the corroboration technique, seeing Mm -hmm. if there's more than one source saying the same thing, which might or might not mean that it's true. (laughs) It's it's a real challenge. It's a real challenge for adults and even for some journalists, I imagine. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Even Yeah, for us, definitely, it's really hard to corroborate information. especially with social media and then now also like AI. So anything Mm -hmm. is possible. Right, right. Um, A whole other set of issues has emerged in reaction to the Israel-Hamas war here in the United States. That is instances of anti-Semitism, Islamophobia, demonstrations, etc. There's a whole set of categories of things going on here. Have teachers been addressing that at all, as far as you know, or are students bringing those kinds of issues into the classroom? That hasn't been part of my reporting. I feel like we've probably done some reporting on that. I know there was some, you know, fights that's happened in schools as a result of the war. Superintendents or principals will say, hey, we don't tolerate these things happening in our classrooms. Mm -hmm. I think one example is in Cherry Hill, New Jersey, there was a heated exchange between students that broke out as a result of the war. And then I think the day or a day or two afterwards, the student council created a video with other student groups in the school. There was like the Jewish Student Association, Muslim Student Association, um, things like that. Like they created a video that was saying like, hey, we don't tolerate 
anti-Semitism or Islamophobia in our school. So kind of using their students to show that that those kinds of exchanges, attacks will not be tolerated in the classroom. Yeah, that's a really interesting example of leveraging peers to address some of these issues. Unfortunately, this war could go on for a while. This conflict between Israelis and Palestinians has been going on for such a long time, and it's so challenging for students and teachers to address in classrooms. But the resources that you provided, I think, are very useful, and I hope all the listeners take a look at them and consider how they might fit into their classrooms and their schools. Beyond these resources, I'm wondering if you have any tips for how educators should think about teaching about this highly sensitive topic. Yeah, so based on my conversations with educators and other experts, I think one of the number one tips I got is to kind of let students' questions guide the discussion. So what I mean by that is um, if you haven't already started talking about this in your class and you want to start, um, maybe start by asking students if they've heard about it, what they've heard about it, what questions they have, what they want to know, and then go from there. Um, That way you're kind of letting their curiosity guide and lead the discussion. I think that's one of the really important tips that I got, especially from a school psychologist who was like, you don't want to introduce topics that may be too much for certain students, you know, especially younger students. You want to definitely kind of make sure that it's developmentally appropriate. And Mm -hmm. for educators, you know your students and you know what they can handle. Yeah, that was one of the most uh, interesting advice that I got from an educator. I'm wondering what you would say to educators who might say, well, that sounds really nice, but I myself am still a little worried about raising this issue in my classroom. What would you say to those educators? Um, Yeah, so that's also something that I've asked educators, uh, the ones that I talked to for my story, I've asked them, you know, what has been really helpful for you. And, um, you know, for classroom teachers, it's really helpful to have the support of their administration um, when they decide to teach about these topics. So I think that's number one is having the support of your administrator. So I know that's not advice for classroom teachers. This is advice Mm for um, district or school leaders who are Mm -hmm. um, listening to the podcast. Definitely have your teachers back. Um, when they decide to teach about these things, uh, maybe stick to the facts, you know, just lay out the context for your students um, and try not to insert any of your own biases into it. I think if you keep it factual and as objective as you can, then it's it's harder for you to get in trouble when when that happens. Well, Lorraine, thank you so much for your time and for your work for Ed Week. These articles are great, and I will link them in the show notes. So everyone, please check those out. Thank you for having me today. That was Lorraine Langreo, staff writer at Education Week. 
I hope that this show was useful for you. Please visit the show notes to learn more about Lorraine, her articles, and the other issues and resources we discussed. And this is Education for Sustainable Democracy. I'm Brett Levy. To support the show, please subscribe to the podcast feed and YouTube channel and like the show on Facebook. Links to those pages are in the show notes. Please give the show five stars in your podcast app. When you rate the show, it helps other people find it. Thank you so much for listening and for all your support, and please stay engaged.